coming to the ring, Flood the Drummer and Richard Taylor. wrestling fans and thanks for tuning in to coming to the ring i'm flood the drummer here with richard taylor i'm in philadelphia he is in seattle and we are in your ears it's thursday may 16th nearing the end of a week that saw all elite wrestling sign a deal with warner media to air their matches later this year on tnt we're also days away from wwe's money in the bank quite a time to be a wrestling fan richard taylor what's up man uh man, that TNT deal is what's up. Um, that is not a small network by any no, stretch it's not. of the imagination. No, it's and not. I, I'm actually excited, man. I wonder if uh, I know usually we joke about Vince doing other things in his pants with all these big sweaty men, but I'm <laughs> I'm curious. Like, man, has he soiled himself yet in in fear of what's to come? Yeah. Well, like 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 uh, as the article, the New York Post uh, article covering the TNT deal notes. Uh, this deal is marking the first time wrestling will appear on TNT since the final WCW Monday Nitro. Yeah, uh, man. It officially puts AEW in competition with WWE for primetime television ratings. Uh, I think they're going to be airing on Tuesday night, so it's going to be all elite wrestling going up against SmackDown. Um, which, you know, SmackDown is the workhorse brand, so there's that. This is going to be good. This is going to be real good. I'm excited, man. I cannot believe that... Uh... I mean, you know, we, we talk about the possibility of some smaller networks, man, but you think about TNT, man. I mean, this is the same network that hosts uh, a huge portion of the NBA through the season mm-hmm. and throughout the uh, the playoffs as well. So this is definitely no small, you know, uh, hiccup <laughs> with some like some of these other um, wrestling entities, man. This is huge. Well, hopefully WWE takes them seriously enough to where they improve their product, particularly on the acting and, and some of the storylines. It's I feel like, again, it's starting to feel a little bit too cartoonish with, with some of the vignettes I saw on Monday Night Raw. We'll get into that in just a second. But big deal for T, uh, for, for All Elite Wrestling. They uh, already seem to be doing things differently than total nonstop action when they debuted. Oh, yeah. People thought was WCW 2.0. Um, they, they are not necessarily trying to sign every WWE talent that 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 goes loose uh they're really going to leverage their global relationships particularly that of of Japan uh and I think all elite wrestling has the opportunity to do uh for the 21st century um and for for today uh that ECW was able to do for the 90s yeah no, I agree, and um, I think that uh, I think they're going to take it a step ahead, man, because of the – I mean, when you look at the comparison of, of what we had in the day compared to now, um, man, I think the creativity that AEW carries when it comes to um, Cody, the Bucks, you know, Kenny and all those guys, man, I mean, they are – they literally have been able to take what they made popular from nothing on a YouTube series and create an entire wrestling – um, promotion out of it yeah. and I, I mean that's the thing man you know we always talk about you know preparation and um, opportunity colliding and I feel like that's what this was so there's no telling and I honestly think that the sky is the limit when it comes to AEW and what they can produce in this next season absolutely uh, on today's podcast we're going to be diving into the Lars Sullivan controversy Uh-oh. looking at his punishment and deciding whether that punishment was enough and whether even more so is WWE enabling bigots like Lars Sullivan and uh, Hulk Hogan, or should I say repentant bigots like Lars Sullivan Ten and Hulk bigots. Hogan. <laughs> but before we get to that, of course, Richard Taylor able to give us our rundown on Raw and SmackDown. What happened this week? Oh, man, what didn't happen really is the question. Uh, <laughs> Raw and SmackDown, I mean, man, I don't know if it is just getting the rust off of, um, of, of from WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Or what, but I mean, man, it has just really been slow. I thought last mm. week's Raw was horrible. I caught up on the highlights, man, in between doing some work. I had to speak down to Puerto Rico, and I caught up on the highlights that night. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, I'm actually not sad about missing it. Like, it was mm. horrible. Mm-hmm. And so this week, honestly, Chris was no better. Um, it just, it, dra- it dragged. It felt slow. We started off with uh, Miz TV. The Miz and Roman Reigns have their, you know, their conversation. And 
I mean, it was kind of cool just to see like Roman kind of tell Miz like, hey, you still kind of have shades of heel and you're acting like old Miz and this is the Miz I don't like. I mean, little kind of uh, pieces there. Essentially, Shaman Man comes out. It leads to Bobby Lashley and Elias attacking the both of them, which then turns into a tag team match to kick off the show. Uh, Miz and Roman Reigns win the match. And after that, the heels continued their assault, um, beating Miz up uh, on the outside. And then Reigns, you know, was able to land a Superman punch at the end, I think. And the heels ran away. You know, typical, like, new age WWE, you know, TV, go go home. Typical so spot. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, it, I'm like, all right, guys, come on. I know writing can be better than this. Uh, then the next match, absolutely no one cared about. Mojo Raleigh versus Apollo Crews. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, and I know that. What is are, Mojo Raleigh's gimmick? What is that? What is he doing? I have, I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. And so, I <laughs> He got I mean, this weird pleather hoodie on, whatever that thing is. And I'm like, is he supposed to be like this random Ambrose face 2.0? Paint. Yeah. Literally, I said that when I saw him. I was like, is he trying to be Dean Ambrose? Like, what the heck is going on? So, anyways, Ra- Raleigh wins the match. I mean, it's th- this is a match that no one cared about, man. This is what we call a three-hour filler. So, this was a part mm. of that filler. <laughs> Backstage, you got Alexa complaining about her bags getting lost. Um, Nikki Cross, which I was really interested. Um, uh, Nikki hasn't been taking as much of the crazy Nikki Cross as she was in Sanity, definitely mm-hmm. down in NXT. So this was different for her, man. I honestly, and we'll probably get into this a little later, I would love to see Nikki Cross and another storyline that I think she would be brilliant in. Um, but uh, now we kind of got this whole thing with Nikki Cross and Alexa kind of you know, possibly building a friendship. Cross is confused when Alexa talks about, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, I just haven't, I've been so busy, haven't gotten a chance to really connect with you. Um, Basically trying to build a new friend, almost similar to what she did with Nia Jax. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we see with her there. Um, After that, we have the women's contract signing with Charlotte Flair, um, Lacey Evans, and the man Becky Lynch with, by the way, let's pause for a second. Did you get a chance to see the video? WWE has announced that um, Mr. Room, uh, is it 506 or 605? Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are now an item. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting as well. Not sure how that's going to play out, but hey, you know, I'm happy for him. He's um, burning her down. Say, yeah, ho- hopefully in only one way. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because the man would have a problem with any other kind of burning. Crabs are real. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag crabs are real. Hashtag. Oh, my God. What if somebody comes into the arena with that sign on? Uh... Look, man, we, you know, I've, seen, I've seen other wrestling podcasts get over saying, so look, we can push crabs are real. Oh, my goodness. As, as, as Eric Bridget says, context is king. They got to understand why they're saying that. <laughs> and so we do it between the, the women's championship match and the universal championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, we got this contract signing, man. Basically, you can't super much crabs away no you can you definitely can't curb stomp them either man you need <laughs> you need some medical rub okay so we're better than this we should not be doing this we're better than this oh man just laughs for the people just laughs for the people so lynch and uh lynch and lynch is kind of in a two-on-one here verbally with flair and evans um, both of them are talking about how they're bigger and stronger and more athletic than she is becky doesn't care because of course she's demand. And so, um, man, it, it basically turns into a a quick fight. Lacey Evans and Charlotte attack Becky. At the end of it all, Becky slammed through a table. Charlotte is holding the SmackDown Women's Championship, and Lacey Evans is standing over holding the Raw Women's Championship. Um, and that was that little portion there. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. I definitely think Becky's going to go over this weekend. Typically, one of the things that we see is um, in moments like this, um, where the heel or the face kind of takes the bump. Uh, a lot of times it kind of goes in the favor of the person that's taking that bump the, on the go-home show. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't expect to see Becky uh, to lose the titles, but, hey, you know, WWE can't surprise us. Mm-hmm. A match that we halfway cared about came up next, Ricochet versus Baron Corbin. And the half that we cared about was Ricochet. Unfortunately, Ricochet did not win the match, but um, this was a match to kind of get things – in motion for the Money in the Bank match. 
Um, after the match was over, Corbin set up a ladder in the ring, and as he was climbing it, Ricochet pushes it over. Um, and then the camera cuts to Rey Mysterio and some uh, Rey Mysterio. Let's just pause there, real, real quick. Go ahead. I did not like the idea of Ricochet jobbing to Baron. Yeah, not at all. Not Ricochet at all. is ten times better. They could have ended the match in a disqualification by pulling in the ladder early. Something could have happened. He didn't have to pin him clean. You know that 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 was yeah. Lame. Um, it does nothing for for Baron when it comes to any stock being raised, but it definitely right. does nothing for Ricochet. Because Bar- um, Ricochet is the one they want to make money with. Baron is who he is. He's not his popularity has crested. You mm-hmm. know, he he's not going to become anything more than what he already is, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. So I mean, I mean, unless unless he takes a Bray Wyatt break and comes back and just I don't know who does he have potential. He does, but I'm not sure what has happened with him ever since his backstage heat from, what, a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Baron Corbin won the match. Then we cut the cameras to backstage. Rey Mysterio is talking about Samoa Joe and what he did last week with his son. And Samoa Joe basically trying to become Rey Mysterio's son's new father after he already had another <laughs> one in the early 2000s. So, then we got AJ Styles. For, um, for you got young guys who don't understand what Richard just said, you guys should just look it up. Uh, <laughs> Dominic. Ladder match. <laughs> his, if you want to see history, tacky. children, history. <laughs> so yeah, man. After that, we got AJ Styles talking backstage um, about how the forearm he delivered to Rollins was an accident. Um, but Styles is talking about that accident or not. You know, he's walking out of Money in the Bank with the new championship uh, That's around. A great the match. Yeah, that is going to be a phenomenal match. We will definitely no pun see. intended. No, 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 no. Um, no pun intended, but it will be amazing, man. I mean, you talk about two of the best wrestlers in all of the world, two of the most technically sound wrestlers as well, man. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some um, ridiculously uh, amazing spots, man, and just some good old, good old-fashioned, like, I mean, this is the closest you would get to, I think, in, in today's age with Hart versus Michaels, right? Um, mm. You were talking about guys that are going to go out there and work. And so, um, man, my hope is that's that a really is, interesting comparison, Hart versus Michaels, because that does have that. Well, I mean, just just from a sheer standpoint of the of textual, what, technical prowess, absolutely. the showmanship, and what, showies, yeah. what they represent now compared to then. I mean, this is the closest we could get to it in WWE specifically. Um, mm-hmm. After that, man, we had Naomi versus Nikki Cross versus Natalia versus Dana Brooke. Nikki Cross ends up winning this match. After the match, Cross is helping Alexa Bliss to set up the ladder in the ring. Bliss, uh, of course, climbs up the ladder, pulls down the briefcase hanging over or whatever. Um, backstage, we got Sami Zayn going on a rant um, about fighting for a cause. I'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do with Sami. Definitely now with the rumors of Braun being pulled from Money in the Bank. And we'll talk about that in a few here. After that, we had Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro. Um, Mysterio and Cesaro put on, I want to say, what, 10, 15 minute match? I don't know. Um, it took up a decent amount of time. Rey Mysterio ends up winning. Um, and the camera immediately cuts backstage to the revival, challenging the Usos. I know a lot of people aren't too happy with that. Um, they feel like the revival uh, have been made a joke, just completely a joke. And so, um, I'm interested to see what happens with the revival after this contract is over, Chris. Um, I, I could see them honestly going to AEW. Yeah. Uh, Has Carl Anderson in, 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 uh, no, no, no. Their contract isn't up yet. They're still there. I saw them on SmackDown last. I know week. they want to get out of here. And they, they actually jobbed and they were joking in the ring last Tuesday, uh, with everything that was going on. And I know that it had been rumored that once this contract was up, they are headed back to new Japan. Not sure. How true that is from them, but they really, they really squandered, uh, Vince squandered opportunity with those guys. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I mean, he squandered a lot of opportunities with them. Man, you talk about storylines that you could have run with. They potentially, um, if if done correctly, we could have had the new DX with those guys. Mm -hmm. Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you wanted to be technical too, Adam Cole being in NXT, like there's so much you could have done when it comes to just how they could have wreaked havoc in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, man, I honestly, for me, the bright spot of the night came after the revival challenge, the Usos, which was our good friend, 
Reverend Bray Firefly Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. So he's a reverend. <laughs> I'm being stupid. <laughs> but listen, so Bray Wyatt is, a, we're, we're, I think, what, three episodes into the Firefly Funhouse now? And uh, man, Wyatt is telling friends that he has a secret. Now, Chris, I think this is our first time on the podcast actually talking about this. I know we've talked about it offset, but um, man, you know, he's, he has a secret and it's almost time for him to show the world what he's been working on, right? And so he said he's going to need the help of all his fireflies this time. And so Wyatt still has a lot of darkness in him. But the interesting caveat here is that he's learned how to control it now. And so the screen goes a little crazy and Bray is wearing this ridiculously, I would say scary mask, but it fits him, right? Um, I didn't necessarily care for the way his pants fit him, but the, <laughs> the entire piece all together, it fit him well, right? Um, and so, man, if we could just break this down real quick, Yowie Wowie, Bray Wyatt has shared his secret and he still has a dark side, but it is not the meat cleaver, Bray Wyatt, that is going to chop you up fine cuts this time. It is a more sadistic, and I think some would even dare to say demonic-looking Bray Wyatt. What about you? Well, did you read that off of something, or was that off the top of your head? Most of this is off the top of my head, just from what I remember. I watched this promo like six times. I kid you not. I sent it to but you that, Monday that, night. That, that way you just, the way you just articulated what you just said, that wasn't reading? You was just saying that? No, I literally just, I mean, I, I dude, that's how I invested. That literally. That was actually really good. I, I thought that you were reading Dave Meltzer's work. No, <laughs> no, no. This was the bright spot for me for the entire three hours. Like, I, I, I felt like, man, you know what? Had you given me this for the entire Monday night, that was it. That's all I needed. Uh, don't quite. Still, I mean, I, I guess I get what they're trying to do with the Bray Wyatt Fire Funhouse. I don't, that, I don't think I really um get it. I tried to watch uh, Hug Me, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was high enough to understand what was oh, happening. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess this, this, this. Mr. Rogers has a dark side is kind of what they're going with, right? Like, yeah. But I, I mean, think I, it has a great creeper effect to it. Like it's it, definitely it is creepy. It's it 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 carries a more it, it it carries a creepier vibe than the Bray Wyatt that we've seen prior to this. Um, mm. I'm, but creepy I mean, in a pedophile kind of way, or creepy? No, in like a, creepy in a that little random um, Jack in the Box noise that's playing with that little doll. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, I mean, I, there's no telling now that we know what the mask looks like, man. This kind of gives me the vibes of some of those old cuts of Undertaker promos where yeah. he wasn't necessarily talking, but you were you were scared off the promo alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he's late at night, you're watching wrestling, you come from a commercial break, and then you hear this, you know, two hours before it's time to go to bed. Like, that's the sound that's going, that's in your brain when you're headed to sleep. Right. Right. And so I think that they have something here. Um, Bray Wyatt, I will say this, Chris, even though he has been booked horribly for so long in the time past, he is the one person to me that could pull off a character like this. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know we talked a little bit off uh, off the podcast about this. You know, it, it would be great to see them do something with him like this. Are they going to use him like they use Finn Balor and Demon Balor? Right. Um, mm-hmm. It would be great to see them do that. I would love to see the normal Bray at times, um, but maybe he has like you know these these random PTSD moments in the ring, and everything goes dark. And next thing you know, he's masked up and he just loses it, right? Like that. That to me, at least, I think would be good television for wrestling. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and 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 I think the 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 recipe to success for this now. Well, just them actually allowing him to go over in matches. He, right. he didn't deliver on promises as old Bray Wyatt. He would say he would do one thing, and then they had him losing every match. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. No matter how good these, these, these segments are, how cool the mask is, if they, if they keep jobbing him out, all of this is for naught. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think that it will be really good to see um, hopefully WWE doesn't screw this up and they get it right. You know, that is, I mean, at, at, at the very least, that's all we can hope for, I guess. So we'll see what happens there. We will definitely see what happens there. Um, 
after that, we had the there was a match. I think it was Strowman and Strowman and uh, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. There we go. Yep. Sami Zayn went over. So Sami Zayn went over. Now, Chris, I'm I'm curious about this. Um, you know, Sami Zayn had a little bit of help from who was it? Uh, McIntyre and Corbin. Um, kind of you know heels helping heels, right? The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. So, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Sorry. And so that's what we had here. So one of the things I'm really interested here is um, there was a room, and I don't know if I, I don't think I have it pulled up, but there was something about Strowman being pulled from um, Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? I haven't. I'm not sure why. Uh, so they some folks said he was injured, and that's why he was pulled. Uh, some folks assume I'm that reading was, something. Um... Now on the Sportster, on the Sportster, uh, Sportster, yeah. It appears Braun Strowman has been pulled from the Money in the Bank ladder match and was replaced by Sami Zayn. Uh, of course, Zayn, what does this mean? Strowman continues to get the shaft and WWE. This time the company featured the... I don't know if they're saying why he's getting off. There's been plenty of buzz. Strowman is currently serving a punishment for a botch at WrestleMania 35, and this may just be another example of that case. After all, why would one of the biggest stars in the company keep getting screwed over when dire when WWE is in dire need of star power? That's what it was. Okay, so let's backtrack real quick. I do remember hearing the report earlier this week about him being at WrestleMania 35 and during that Andre the Giant Battle uh, Memorial Royale match. They a few wrestlers complained about how he was careless, specifically his old um, partner in crime, Luke Harper. Luke Harper was actually the one that originally came out and talked about this. He said that there were some planned spots that he forgot um, with Harper in the match. And I guess Braun was a little careless when it came to some of the wrestlers in the ring, Harper included. And this gained him some backstage heat from WrestleMania 35 because they were reporting that even though Strowman was injured, his injury wasn't bad enough to the point where he couldn't actually be in action. And so mm. um, I guess a lot of the wrestling world is talking about his removal actually being something that could be a form of punishment for his mistakes at the grandish uh, stage and show of them all this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it sucks, man. Um, I, was, I was really falling into what they had going on with Strowman, man. I don't know if you've actually seen him physically over the last few weeks, but he has leaned out. He looks like yeah, he has. He looks like he's probably in the best shape that he's been in since being, you know, at this caliber of the industry. Um, but, man, you know, it sucks to see this. So hopefully they get it together. And this is how Monday Night Raw was closed. Uh, Strowman loses to Zane, but he kind of gets the upper hand at the end by choke slamming Sami Zayn through the announce desk. Yeah. And that was the end of Raw, a very so lackluster Raw. Yeah, I didn't really care much for this uh, Monday Night's Raw either. Um, and I guess what made it even worse for me was was my boy Ricochet um, job. And I, if, I, if there's anyone that I'm looking forward to most in 2019 excelling and jumping over the bar, it's Ricochet. Everything um, black, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's breeze through smackdown yeah because smackdown so wasn't can... any better so we're gonna we're gonna fly straight through this so here we go right, take so it away. We, we kick it off with roman reigns um with this segment he welcomes the miz to the ring yada 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 um basically shane comes out shane is i like what they're doing with shane as far as him kind of being vince mcmahon 2.0 in this day yeah. and age that part so, so miz opens raw and smackdown yeah, well, technically, Roman opened SmackDown. Miz joined Roman in the ring a little later on. Okay. Um, so these are two of the wrestlers that are now a part of that, uh, what is that, that clause? Wild that allows, card. That, right, the wild card that allows wrestlers to go over. So that was that. Um, man, that basically leads to Shane coming out, having Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and if I'm not mistaken, Elias, um, basically jump uh, Miz and Roman in the ring. This then leads to, of course, the cousins of Roman Reigns, the Usos, need something to do. So why not have them come out there and save their cousin? This leads to a match that turns out to be a four-on-three handicap match with Shane Elias, Brian, and Roman versus Roman and the Usos. If Miz comes anywhere near the ring during this match, their um, steel cage match will be off versus Miz and Shane. So that's how we kick SmackDown off. A little bit of action there. That part was cool. After that, we get Randy Orton versus Finn Valor versus uh, Mustafa. Well, they're going by Ali now. No Mustafa, just Ali. 
versus Andrade. No seeing Almas. Um, and so I don't know what's up with these name changes, Chris. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like NBC taking Steve Harvey's last name away and they just call it the Steve <laughs> Show now. Um, so Andrade. But there's supposed to be a good thing when you're an artist and you get down to one name. That means you're like you're Madonna, you're Cher. I guess so. If you can keep it up, because I just heard that the Steve Harvey Show got canceled, so I'm not sure necessarily what the <laughs> heck is going on, but. Man, listen, if you're going to take my last name away, we better look. We, we better be going to big times. Make me Ellen. Um, so here we there go. You go. Andrade won the match. Um, after the match, Ricochet runs down to the ring. He knocks Andrade off the ladder, and then Ricochet mm. pulls up, pulls the briefcase off. That was that. Um, then you have the match with the four on three. Um, basically, with the winner with that, Shane McMahon, Elias, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan won the match. After that, The Miz comes out with the steel chair. And, of course, the heel Shane McMahon runs away. That's really all we got from that, man. I really felt like they were just trying to fill time with this, give people some air time. We had an in-ring segment after that with Asuka, Kari, Sane, and Paige. Paige announced that um, they are now the Kabuki Warriors. Um, and, of course, they're not uh, tag-teaming because both of them are Japanese wrestlers. Of course you know not. That, you know, so we end up having the Kabuki Warriors versus Fire and Desire. Um, which is the team of Sonya Deville. At least they didn't re- rehash the Orient Express name. <laughs> oh, my God. I, pr- I, I, I would have thrown the heaviest book in my house at my TV in hopes that the, cr- the screen cracked if they did that. Um, the Kabuki Warriors won, man. Um, backstage, we have, uh, who was it? Lars Sullivan. I know we're going to get to him in a second. He just glares. He doesn't say anything. The interviewer, she walks away. Um, Kevin Owens is giving an interview after that. The New Day music hits and Kofi Kingston walks out in the ring. Kevin Owens is a little upset um, because, of course, it's the Kevin Owens show now, yada, yada, yada. And with that, we end up having, you know, Owens and Kingston having their bout. They're going back and forth. And as we're closing out the show, next thing you know, we end up having Sami Zayn come out from nowhere, attacking Kofi Kingston. Um, as Owens is about to powerbomb Kingston on the apron, Xavier Woods runs down, of course, and helps. And, um, man, Owens and Kingston go out. They're fighting. Owens missed the cannonball, and then Kingston drops uh, Sami Zayn with the trouble in paradise. And essentially, that is how we end up ending uh, SmackDown. I mean, it was, I'm like, okay, great. So are we going to see Kingston? Um, with, you know, uh, with Xavier by his side and then, you know, vice versa for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on Sunday mm. now. A lot of questions to be imagined. I'm not sure what the heck they're going to do with this, man, but uh, I'm just hoping that they don't jag it. I think Kofi picks up the win against um, against uh, Kevin Owens and maybe we take this feud into... You said it was Andrade versus Mustafa Ali? Andrade versus Mustafa versus Bobby Roode, right, right. Yeah. Or oh, Robert Roode. Robert Roode, right, because we got to call him Robert now with this. But no, Bobby Roode wasn't in that. It was Randy Orton, Finn Balor, Ali, and Andrade. Who? Oh, right, right, Finn Balor, okay. Yeah, see, that's sad. See, that's what I mean, man. One of the greatest wrestlers we got in the industry, and then people can't even remember who he is. That's the, <laughs> that is exactly what we are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but that's the roundup for Raw and SmackDown. That is what we had. And, um, I mean, like I said, lackluster, really just the carryover until we get to um, Money in the Bank this weekend. Absolutely. You're going to be watching, I'm sure, right? I, I will. I'm probably going to have to catch the replay for most of it. Um, but I definitely will be watching it on Sunday night just to see what's going on, man. And I'm, I'm really hoping that they can pull it together, like I said, because this is not the momentum that you want to walk into uh, – SummerSlam with. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Richard, for your report on Raw and SmackDown. Here is the main event. Of course, Lars Sullivan is in trouble, and this isn't the first time WWE has been caught in the crosshairs of race, racism, and bigotry. Just look no further than uh, Mr. Americana Hulk Hogan, who uh, hmm. years ago it was found out uh, from a leaked tape that he said that he's a little bit racist. And if you are a fan of Avenue Q, then you believe everyone's just a little bit racist. Well, apparently so was Dylan Miley, a.k.a. Lars Sullivan. He'll be fined $10,000 and required to complete sensitivity training for offensive commentary 
uncovered from his past. The interesting thing, when I've been reading about this, it appears from reports that WWE had known about these comments, but had chosen to, you know, look the other way, for, for lack of better words, until their sponsors, in particular Mars Wrigley, started to raise the red flag and said, you guys need to come out publicly and denounce these comments, separate yourself from these comments, do something, take some sort of public action, because it's becoming a story in, in, of itself, becoming a bigger story. So mm. they find, they find uh, Lars Sullivan uh, $100,000, excuse me, which makes it the second largest fine once paid, uh, tied with Batiste, Batista paying 100000 when he was uh, yeah. late. Um, he, so let's get to some of the things that he said. Um, on, uh, there's a list on Reddit uh, that, that's been aggregated of all of the um, commentary that Mr. Sullivan made before he was a WWE superstar. One says, quote, some blacks want to take advantage of their great-grandparents' misfortunes and they want a piece of the pity pie. Instead of taking some personal responsibility, they choose to attack the white man and say we must take care of them financially. He also says the Black Panther Party were the epitome of racist clowns. Let's stop there for a second. Your reaction, Richard? <sighs> um, I have several reactions for this. The first one that sticks out more than anything is white people stop. Stop with this narrative of your opinion actually mattering when it comes to issues of, of, of the black <laughs> community. I'm sorry. Like I and that is not to say that we cannot have allies in this, but man, when you these these kind of comments, man, they gotta they have got to stop, man, because I think that people don't understand that it is not a thing of like living off of grandparents or great grandparents' misfortunes. Um, man, the misfortunes that they experienced are still things that we see maybe in a different form and light today, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it frustrates me when this happens because I'm like, man, we've got to like really chill um, on making these ridiculous assumptions and not actually taking the time, man, to get to know some folks and understand their plight, their struggle, what they've gone through, how this relates to what their grandparents have experienced. And man, see how you can actually play a part in peace and reconciliation and all of this. That's just me. That yeah. is me. Um, even though this is the past, man, and people, they, you know, we get that a lot now. Folks immediately try and defend, oh, but this is what they said when they were younger. And I'm sorry, Chris, I can't go for that because some of those people are the same individuals that told us, you need to be careful what you put out on social media because it can mm. come back to haunt you in a job in five years. And mm-hmm. we've seen that, I think, 30,000 times over. So, yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, Lars has to be able to, like Big E said, like, I love Big E's stance on it. You know, if this is what he said and this is true, he's got to be able to own up to it and, 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 and face whatever the consequences might be. And man, just, just live with it and hope. But he also he really- said, Big E also said that if true, he has to bear the albatross of being a bigot and working yeah. in a company that is now filled with minorities. Yeah, man, that's real. Cause my, and when Big E said that my first question to kind of back that up was like, well, man, you know, I'm thinking what has Lars really learned in, in, in this that that really has changed his his feelings or opinion? Or is this just one of those, you know, public apologies that we get from people who aren't sorry that they said it, but just sorry that they get caught? Mm. Uh, Forbes and Forbes magazine on Forbes.com uh, writes, WWE has come under fire in recent years for their dealings with individuals and organizations who are perceived to have bigoted philosophies. Last week, I criticized the promotion for developing a pattern of turning a blind eye to bigotry, given its re-signing of Hulk Hogan, dealings with Saudi Arabia and uh, Saudi Arabia, excuse me, and now the Lars Sullivan debacle. The writer of this article is Alfred Kunawa, um, writing um, for Forbes.com. Do you see this as a developing pattern? You know, Hulk Hogan, he says something, you know, terrible. They separate themselves for a while and bring him back in. Hulk, Saudi Arabia <sighs> has terrible human relates, uh, human rights record. They turn a blind eye because it's, it's tons of cash. And now you have Lars Sullivan, who they knew of the comments even before it became a story, and they were fine with it until it became a story. And then yeah. they had to show some public action. Do you see this as a pattern? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, it's been a pattern in other cases as well, um, in and out of WWE. But, uh, like, that's the thing. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, if we wait long enough to just allow people to cool off, they'll forget. Because we live in a society where 
so many other distractions exist that people will forget about this soon enough and everything will be okay. Mm. And that is something that I think can be very detrimental um, because it really does show that whole concept of uh, people not necessarily really learning from these experiences, you know, and uh, like I said, that can be really unfortunate because it's, it's a slap on the wrist at the end of the day, because Chris, for all we know, they can still go out and feel like this, but Hey, you know what? I'm here to collect the check. I'm going to just shut up, keep my mouth closed. And I mean, like Triple H's song says it best. It's all about the game and how you play it. Right. Mm. And so what happens when, you know, I understand that, you know what, I'm going to take this slap on the wrist. They're going to tell you that they find me. I'm feeling real bad, quote unquote. But at the end of the day, I can still feel how I feel. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut about it this time so that you all won't know. Mm. You know, you continue to read some of Lars' commentary. He says, when immigrants, uh, particularly of the illegal persuasion coming from my neighbors down south, hear that we are the, quote, land of the free, to them that means they get free stuff. Mm -hmm. He also says, there's a clear political divide among the races. The Democrats essentially bribing minorities for votes is the root cause of the problem. He also goes on to say, that if we're going off scientific facts, obviously, whether Hispanic or black women, who pops out most of the babies at the youngest age? It's Hispanics followed by blacks. Why do 50% of black women have STDs? Um, What's a salute? I saw that. And then he said, he follows up to say a salute. Says a salute. I'm not, I don't even know. Um, this sounds like somebody who you would, and I'm not being tongue in cheek here, this sounds like somebody who would write a man. A manifesto? A, a manifesto of somebody who yeah. just shot up a church. And if, I, yeah. you know, if you didn't say this was belonging to a wrestler, and you maybe guess who this belonged to, I'd say, oh, Dylan Roof, maybe somebody who just committed a hate crime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I mean, just with the comments in general, I'm like, man, you were so engulfed of, uh, with with people of color. Like, that's the mm. thing. Like, you can say you ain't racist all day, but every comment that you make is, is people of color, well, most of them. Um... And, and and so I don't know, man. It was it, definitely a manifesto, and it, it kind of reminded me of somebody who might legit, legitimately be sick in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm WWE, I'm like beyond cultural sensitivity training, bro. We need to make sure you go see a psychiatrist. Yeah, like and get tested. And this is why. Because but the irony of that of him believing that people with mental health issues are weak, right? You know, him having to go see a psychologist, and also him having anxiety attacks. Before mm-hmm. he was to debut on Raw, I mean that's the height of irony. Yeah, um, and it, no, it really is. And I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not going. I'm not trying to be funny. I laughed at that when I saw it because I'm like, my goodness, like how the tides have turned, type of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. I Let me ask know. you this: Do you think it would be going too far in the PG era for WWE, as they've done in the past, to use this real life heat, this real life storyline, and put them in a feud with Big E? Or, or in a few with a black wrestler and, and play up this, this stuff? Uh, I think it would be too far just because of the cultural climate that we live in. Mm. WWE has tried to push the envelope for too long. Um, now, with that being said, even though I think it would be too far, I still, I don't put it past them using it because <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, man, they care about the money, you mm. know, and so they're going to do what they do because they understand stuff like this would not only bring heat, but people are going to watch it. And you were talking about a WWE that is to a degree desperate right now with the likes of an AEW and all of that. So, I mean, who knows, man, what, you know, Vince will definitely try his hand at and getting away with. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I could see it. If, not only, saying that it was if right. only we had the nation of domination right now. Man, seriously, <laughs> right? Seriously, like just you know, how the Usos and and, and you know what? Let's turn New Day back to the New Day that they, that right. they were when they first started. You know, right? right. Um, I don't know, man. But let I'm, me ask I, you this: Which is the forty, the hundred thousand dollars? In your opinion, as a black man, as a wrestling fan, as a, a mental health advocate. Is a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a fair enough punishment for Lars Sullivan, given that they already knew about this commentary, or would you have preferred to see him terminated? You know, so this is interesting because I didn't know the number was a hundred grand. Yeah, um, I was actually surprised to see that number because I just didn't necessarily foresee it as something that that Lars Sullivan could afford. You know, because I'm like, well, man, you know, how much is he making right now mm-hmm. on this like green contract? You know what I mean? So. uh 
I but also, just so you know, the uh, and, and this used to be the case. I'm not sure if it, it still is. It probably is. But when WWE finds a wrestler, those wrestlers don't have to pay that money as much as it gets pay- taken from their pay. Right. And but that's the thing, though, too. So I'm just like, man, how much you know was he making to to have that? Because like you said, that was the biggest amount since Batista. Mm-hmm. You know, and and but we talking about a Batista who was totally different, you know, status wise in the company when he had to pay his fine of a hundred grand mm-hmm. and just you know afford it a little more. I think that um, I won't go as far to say like, hey, fire him. Okay. Um, because I do think that he is a talent, but at the same time, I think just. When you look at other situations, I would say fire him, though. What's the message that WWE is sending, in your opinion, by keeping him on the roster and just finding him $100,000? Or are they sending him privilege at all? Privilege. Mm. Um, and, and, I mean, I think the... the white privilege ob- or just privilege? No, white privilege, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think in the most obvious context, it would be... Um, just think about this from a money law standpoint, Chris. Um, Titus O'Neil tugging at Vince McMahon as a joke... Getting him 60 days does nothing for WWE when it comes to corporate sponsors and them losing money. Mm. Lars Sullivan with these types of actions does. Titus gets suspended for 60 days. Lars doesn't even get time off. He gets a quote-unquote $100,000 fine and he has to take classes. Mm -hmm. If that does not scream white privilege, but Mm. then also white fragility as well, Mm. Um, you know, I and that's the thing, you know, when when the whole thing happened with Titus, you know, that that big piece was, you know, everybody kept saying, you know, in defense of Vince, you know, he just felt like he had to make an example out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, tolerance level, you know, um, you feel like you need to make an example out of somebody in this regard, but then when it comes to saying, Hey, you know what, my billion dollar company doesn't tolerate this kind of nonsense, you don't set an example, you just I mean, man, at the end of the day... But, you know, to, to play devil's advocate, it's hard to punish someone at their job for something they didn't do at work and for something that they did, something that you knew they did upon hiring or at least immediately after hiring. Well, that is very true. But at, in the same tongue, though, it might be hard to punish them for something that they didn't do at work but when something like this can affect the money that the company would make, whether they were at work or not, because you got to think about it, Chris, at the end of the day, who brought forth these things to WWE's attention, even though they already knew about it, right? It was the consumer. So what happens if you get enough consumers on this that have a problem with it, you start losing money. So even though it didn't take place on the, you know, on the grounds of work, even before this person is working here, at the end of the day, money would be lost moving forward in the future with this individual because of what they've done in times past. Sure. So they could take action on him as he's becoming a liability uh, to the company. And that's a different cause because, you know, I'm sure him being an independent contract, they could fire him, you know, for for whatever cause. But I think that the punishment should have to be more germane to him being a liability to the company rather than w- exactly because of what he said. The, yeah, you know, I hear you. And so my, my whole thing, this is why I said... Maybe, maybe there's some wrongful termination stuff if, if, if he says, maybe, look, man, you and guys said, this. That's why I said maybe we don't fire him, right? But let him feel some of that heat that a lot of these other wrestlers got to feel backstage when they do something stupid, like a Braun Strowman who messes up a spot. Mm. Right, you know what I mean? Like, it, But he's it, white. Why isn't he benefiting from the privilege? Uh, he, I think Braun is, honestly, just because it's like, even though Braun is messed up, he's never been too far from the fray. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince knows who his cash cow is, and that's the thing. Like, he's still utilizing him. His, his heat doesn't last long, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, he, you know, he's doing what he needs to do, and that's the thing. Like, I think with Lars right now, man, um, you know, they are they looking for that niche snitchki. Mm. So, I mean, hey, you know, we... we we, we look, we don't have Ryback no more. Brock Lesnar's gone. Kids, you feel the you know who's the other one? Kim Clove, Kim Love, whatever that cat was. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, Vlad- Vladimir. That's who. That's who we got Go right back now. Right? Thursday, Vladimir yeah. Kozlov. <laughs> you know what? WWE can, can really push some random ass heels, right? Like, <laughs> but this is the thing, though, too, man. You talk about a company in need, so man, it's it's a lot easier to overlook certain things for certain people depending on what the need is in that given space and time. Mm. 
And so, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, even if WWE doesn't fire him, you know, there there is something that needs to take place when it comes to just accountability and responsibility. And not even for the the sake of the fans, man. You talk about for a working environment. Like, you know, what is this? Because we saw how the uh, the New Day and even the rumors of, like, Titus and them responding to, you know, Hogan. Mm-hmm. What does this look like for the, the climate now with the, the, you know, the talent that are Black backstage or are Latina or Latino backstage? You know, mm-hmm. what does that look like when it comes to, you know, how we're, you know, the message that we're curating through all of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just something to consider, man. That's, you know, these are the things that I think about when I think about this kind of stuff is like we got to be very, very careful not to... uh I don't know. WWE is a public company. They have to be careful. And, yeah. Um, maybe they have to do more uh, comprehensive background checks of the talent they signed. Again, I don't know if they knew this before he was hired or after, shortly after he was hired. Um, then again, I, I'm sure that that wouldn't be disqualifying. I can't imagine those comments. You know, said, oh, you made some comments on the Reddit board you know, 15 years ago, we're not going to give you this job, despite the fact that you're 6, 8, <laughs> you know, 315, right. and you look like a machine, we're going to sign you, and if it will, and if it comes out, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, man, it's, it's the same thing that happened with, uh, it's the same thing that happened with Disney and James Gunn. Um, James Gunn is the writer for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Gunn has some tweets from, like, years ago, maybe about 9 or 10 years ago, super insensitive towards um i think the conversation had to do with like child pedophilia and stuff he just has a a sick sense of humor when it comes to how he jokes mm-hmm. um but needless to say ab uh disney abc they knew about it prior to hiring him but it didn't come up until like last year and when it came up they ended up letting him go um i thought he was gone forever and then come to find out they just brought him back on board um and so i mean we see this a lot not just in wwe but we see this a lot you know throughout different realms of media and entertainment in general. I wonder how soon until Braun, uh, not Braun, uh, Lars Sullivan is uh, put on the Be, uh, 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 Be a Star campaign. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> Seriously, right? I mean, I, I honestly, I think that if because if, if WWE is like serious about what they say, that's probably the best way to do it, man. Put these mm-hmm. people around some real life folks. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Even, even to that, I feel like there's a degree of, of of, hey, we want to show you that we're doing good work. I don't know necessarily how involved these, you know, superstars are when it comes to really diving into some of the complexities of these individuals' lives. But, mm. you know, hey, put them around there. You never know what's going on, man. You know, it wasn't just the racist comments, you know, like I said. he, no, he it was this, homophobic, homophobic It was comments. homophobic. He had this gray area about rape, yeah. you know. Um, white, white, some, some, somewhat of a white, white nationalist tinge to some of his comments about, oh, I should say a white supremacy. Yeah, to anti-immigrant, you know, shit. If it don't work here at WWE, he's got a place in the Trump administration. I mean, dude, he would literally be bright red and ready. <laughs> um, he could be Donald Trump's muscle. Yeah, uh, I mean, he could be he literally right. He, he could be so that that way when uh, Trump comes back to fight Vince, you know, for Mania Thirty Six, <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> you know, it's gonna go down. Um, yeah, just I mean, I, I, and I think too, I think he's just. This beyond anything else, like I said, I could I could understand your manifesto comments about him. Yeah, because he's so all over the place when it comes to these random of opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know his opinions about people, um, not one in Middle Eastern countries in the U.S. Um, and he talks Chinese wrestling. It's, he's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> Um, I mean, just the comments about, you know, he joked about Stone Cold beating Deborah. Mm. Um, he laughed at Canyon committing suicide. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. just, you know, he even called his own current boss now a cokehead. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I'm like, bro, you know what? I can't tell you how to feel. Talk about a shoot. <laughs> you know, right? But that's the thing. I'm like, dude, you... I mean, you you are on another level. Like, you gotta grow up and calm mm. down. And like I said, man, I'm, I'll have more but again, respect for These you. were years ago, right? Right, Chris. But well, this, this is the thing. an old guy. Years ago or not. And that's the thing. He made these comments as a, as a young adult. Like, it wasn't like he was a stupid teenager. Right. 
Like, he was very knowledgeable. He knew what he was talking about, and he knew what he was saying. Mm. And so just with stuff like that, man, in a, in a day and age where we need more peace and unity and reconciliation, this dude is just, like, all over the place. And I'm like, you know, you talk about being able to work with other people, man. Carry whatever opinions you want to. But, at, I mean, I have more respect for you if you're going to be discreet and make sure that we can get the job done. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not asking you to like me. We ain't got to be buddy-buddy, none of that. But at the same time, like, dude, like, I mean, for the, you know, for, for the sake of the business and getting work done, just shut up. Just mm-hmm. shut up and do your job, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and deal with your own issues, man. Figure out these anxiety attacks. Why are you going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right now? And get you some help as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you before we wrap up. Speaking of the issue of of race and wrestling, uh, there was uh, a story going on um, that Leo Rush was getting some backstage heat that he he wasn't doing enough to to show the, uh, uh, respect to the legends, which include carrying their bags. He said, "You know how would it look with a black kid carrying water in bags for the wrestlers?" Um, He's removed all mentions of WWE from his social media account. Do you know anything that I don't know? Has he been released? Are we going to see him back on TV soon? What's the deal with Leo Rush? So I don't know if he's been released. I have heard that, you know, he has been pulled from shows, yada, yada, yada. Now, the interesting part about Leo Rush is that I actually agree and understand his statements wholeheartedly with that. Mm. But the unfortunate part is that this isn't Leo Rush's first, uh, Leo Rush's first, run in when it comes to just issues of respect. I know he made some comments a few years back that caught him some major heat while he was still in NXT. Um, you know, so I, I kind of wonder at times, does his, you know, does his issue stem more from a respect thing? But it does get really, it does get really tricky when when you make comments like that about like how I look as a little black kid coming in holding all these old white vests. But like, I, I, I get that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And I, I understand that, you know... He, he also has a chip on his shoulder, which is very clear. He does. And that was the other part that I was going to discuss, too, was the fact that with him having a chip on his shoulder, like, I'm wondering, like, how all of this just plays in together for him when it comes to the fact that... Um, I, I think this is more of Leto Rush just being Leto, Leto Rush. Like, this is just who he is as a person. Mm. Like, because the it's been shown time and time again... But, man, I, I definitely couldn't disregard his comments and the point that he would make there with that because I'm like, that is a legit thing that we see, you know? So, mm-hmm. And, again, the context was that the vets wanted him to, to, to do more to show that he was kind of grateful to be there or that there's the tradition that the, the rookies kind of bow down and, and, and almost serve, like act in servitude towards the vets. And he was just like, I'm not doing that. And so, interestingly enough, Leo Rush represents – the back end of the millennial generation and really the kickoff of um, Gen uh, Gen Y. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's important, I got a brother who's a few years younger than Leo Rush, and then I got a brother who's a few years older than Leo Rush. And one of the things I notice about their generation specifically is the fact that they are a lot more vocal in this whole concept of respect and just honestly not giving a care of like, what social norms mm-hmm. used to be. They're or not traditionalists. They, they're not. They're not. And I, we're seeing that more. And I feel like he's a, I, I feel like he represents that to a T, honestly, where it's just like, you know what? I know this is what tradition says, but I just don't care. You know what? And you can feel however you feel, but you're not going to change my opinion on it. Right. You mm-hmm. know? And so, I mean, in, in one, in one, in one breath, I want to give him kudos for like standing up for like what he feels and believes at times where, some folks might have just been quiet and hadn't said anything and stood up for it. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, it, this is really interesting with him. I'm not sure what's going to go on. Um, but then again, though, too, like I said, you think about the concept of his heat comes from something like this and they've pulled him, though. Mm. You know, they mm. pulled him. Just, just to, like I said, just putting that in context when it comes to look at what's happening with Lars and look at what's happening with him. So he gets pulled from the he's get pulled from European tour and 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 from TV because he's got backstage heat. Lars Sullivan, who also has backstage heat, maybe not as widespread, but backstage heat among the black wrestlers at the very least, and he gets paid a ten thousand dollar fine. And I would argue, Leo Rush at the moment is is better on TV than Lars Sullivan. But absolutely, but I think Lars Sullivan is going to be Vince's cash cow in the long run. And I think that WWE needs to be really careful though too. Like I said, man, because the thing is, is we. 
if we keep pulling wrestlers for stuff like this, man, I am I am legitimately believing that we're going to see AEW just sweep them from right under the feet. I'm not saying the WWE is going to go out of business or anything like that, but I do believe that um, you know they might have to end up sharing a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to uh, this financial piece. I'll ask this question as we wrap up. What, could, could you ever see yourself getting to the point where you so frustrated with what appears to be a double standard with black and white wrestlers and the way they're punished at WWE, would you ever consider boycotting the company? I mean, yeah, I, that, that is not a far-fetched thought uh, mm-hmm. for me. Definitely one too. Like I said, man, I, I, I mean, I, WWE is not the only promotion that I watch, you know? And right. so for me, you know, I don't, I don't mind moving around when it comes to stuff like that. Like, and I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I think from a, just from a, a standpoint of people, Vince specifically, man, money changes people. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, Vince kind of does carry that approach of being untouchable because of, you know, who he is and his, you know, his, his pedigree. But I'm like, bro, like at the end of the day, money talks on, mm. both, on both ways, you know. And so, bullshit runs a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. So if we need to, you know, if, if boycotting was a thing where we needed to pull back and just show them like, yo, we serious about this. And like, you, hey, things got to change. It is what it is. All right, Richard Taylor, any last thoughts, comments about the TNT deal with AEW upcoming Money in the Bank? Any predictions or any last thoughts on Raw or SmackDown? Uh, man, as far as predictions are concerned, um, I think we're going to see all of our champions continue to hold their titles, which I'm looking forward to. So you don't uh, think AJ Styles can put away uh, Seth Rollins? I think that there's so much more to this feud. And mm. so uh, SummerSlam is coming up. You're definitely going to want to draw in a lot of viewers for that. So that's the thing. You, you, you know, maybe they don't even complete the match. I don't know. But I think that, you know, if they're smart, you know, AJ Styles just moved over to the brand. This cannot be a one-off. Okay. Um, and I don't think – I think it's too early for the, for, the, for the face to start trying to climb uphill battles with the heel. Mm. Um, too, too soon after WrestleMania, you know. So, honestly, I would see uh, – I, I, I can honestly see um, a SummerSlam belt drop from Seth. Mm-hmm. But I can't see it at Money in the Bank, though. Okay. Any other predictions? Um, I don't know who's going to honestly win Money in the Bank. I-, I will say this, though. When we talk about just, you know, livening things up for SummerSlam, I could honestly see some kind of interruption in either the men's or the women's match that would cause uh, – that that could possibly cause, you know, the, the belt to stay on somebody's waist but also kind of create some new feuds as well. I'm hoping that we get a chance to actually get Bray Wyatt on an interruption this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, in person. Really in person. Yeah. Um, I, I have no clue as to who he would interrupt on, but my whole thing is let it be somebody of uh, of value to where you talk about a um, – man, I, it's time for him to have a main event run. Like you I think a Bray Wyatt-Lars Sullivan feud could be fun. It could, but Lars is still a little too green, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I think that he needs a little bit more time. If you're going to bring Bray back with this character... What about Elias? I could see a little bit more of that. Honestly, man, if you're going to bring Bray back like this, bring him back and let him hit the top dogs. Mm. Because that's the thing. With a gimmick like this, man, and you want it to be able to stay fresh and last, you got to be able to pull the trigger when it's hot. Mm. And and, and I think that's the best way to do it. All right. I am looking forward to hearing your review of Money in the Bank when we gather here next week again, hopefully. Richard Taylor, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, follow you across social media. Twitter is at TrulyTaylorMade. Uh, Instagram is Jr. Facebook is Richard L. Taylor Jr. You can also hit my website up, um, RichardTaylorJr.com. Shameless plug for those of you all who are listening. The entire month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And with that being the case, all of my books are $10 on my website, RichardTaylorJr.com, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, man, so make sure you go and check it out. And in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, send Lars Sullivan a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. You guys can follow me across social media at Flood the Drummer, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's at Flood the Drummer, just like it's spelled F L O O D T H E D R U M M E R. If you're an iPhone, iPad user, add Techbook Online to your Apple News Reader. That's my day job where I cover politics, culture, and sometimes pro wrestling uh, in the written form. And I want to thank you as always for listening to this podcast where we explore pro wrestling news and storylines through a social political context send us your tweets and uh your uh commentary we'd love to read them again that's truly tailor made on twitter for richard and at flood the drummer for me 
or you can email uh, coming to the ring at gmail.com to give your thoughts or topics that you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to Come Into the Ring from wherever you get your podcast. For Richard Taylor, until next time, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm drumming for justice. Hashtag mental health ma- mania. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>